welcome back to a championship week edition of the Fancy Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host and commissioner, Patrick Polk, and I'm here with your co-host and potential third place winner, Nick Spears. Say hello, Nick. Well, hello. How's it going, friend? Oh, can't complain. Busy, busy, but such as the holidays. Yeah, you couldn't record last week because you were so busy. I had six depositions in Portland, Maine for one of them. Holiday party and a bunch of other stuff. So thank you all for indulging my absence. I'm sure you're all happier that John Rhodes was on because he's a podcast extraordinaire and he likes sauce. So He's a sauce fan. He's a, I always say he's a saucy man. He's a saucier. Uh, this is a very silly tangent. I should have told this to John because he's the sauce enthusiast, not you, but you reminded me. So uh, Jen and I, we got married. You know that? We're married. Uh, Correct. We went to London for uh, about six days for our honeymoon. Okay. Uh, and so... We didn't really have much of a plan except for some reservations at some very fancy restaurants and otherwise just like see the sights. We didn't we didn't have a itinerary especially. We went to Elaine Ducasse at the Dorchester. That sounds like maybe the most English title I've ever heard of a place. A three Michelin starred uh which is the most Michelin stars uh restaurant in England. My Thank Thank you for answering that, because I was going to ask you if that's good in terms of Michelin stars. They're, they only go up to three. Mo- most restaurants have zero, and fancy ones have one or two or three. Okay. Uh, and so it was super fancy. It was super good. It was actually probably the meal in my life that I was most okay with eating mushrooms, because there were some mushroom things that were very tasty. Normally, I don't like mushrooms, but th- when they were prepared that well, I couldn't resist Okay. Anyway, it was a many course thing. Uh, the the people who worked there were falling all over themselves. They were so nice and attentive. They brought so many courses. There was a fancy like post dinner bag of treats to take with you. Like it was so many. There were so many ridiculous things about it. They would like, I, I th- they like trimmed something in front of us. I don't. Anyway, the point is, there was one point where there was a sauce. This is why it's sauce talk relevant. Uh, it was like a pasta with the mushroom sauce, I believe. This might have been the mushroom one. And the guy who brought it to the table uh, wanted to warn us and because really, and, he gave it to us. And he says, uh, a lot of them had French accents. Uh, hmm. Be careful. The sauce, she is dangerous. <laughs> because he didn't want you to spill it on yourself. It was very adorable. But uh, Jen and I occasionally will say to each other this sauce she is dangerous and uh we we think of that often and it's fun so be careful for dangerous sauces that's my thing to say so basically whenever you guys are in fact making a dangerous sauce yeah like if we make pasta sauce you know we have to be careful because we don't i'm wearing a light colored dress shirt right now if i if i had some sauce that'd be a problem Good me for keeping dress shirt on this late at night. Oh, yeah. Always for you, Nick. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Keep it classy. I don't want to record, unless it's festive gear in, G- mm-hmm. in Christmas jammies. I'm not going to not gonna be unfit to record a podcast. I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about the second week of the playoffs. As per usual, it didn't go awesome for either of us. Uh, so there were three matches that mattered. 
there were us in the semifinals and there was the boost bowl so let's start with the boost bowl it should be pretty quick uh it was annalisa versus alex if you recall alex only won twice uh once against you who is in the third place game and once against abby who is in the championship game so he beat some Good teams, but uh, he did not do great in the boost bowl. Final score, Annalisa, the girly men, 109.2. Totally fine. Versus Peristolic Chain Reaction, Alex Um, 54.3. Ouch. Ouchie kazangas, as I like to say. Just all the time. Don't question it. I say it all the time. Uh, Yeah, he did very poorly, and he dominantly won the boost bowl he had less than half of the score needed to win so way to go alex you win it with panache you know what if you're gonna have that kind of season just finish it off with a bang yeah i was gonna say like finish it with a a plop maybe (laughs) (laughs) a wretch Uh, a a moist thud yeah that's disgusting but appropriate Uh, we will, let's talk about, that's all I want to say. Good job, Annalisa, for not winning the Boost Bowl. And Correct. Bad job, Alex. You're very bad. Uh, let's talk about my boring match that I lost by a fair amount. Unfortunately, I went up against Casey with a very strong week. I did okay, but he did great, so I didn't stand a chance. What's that? The Pats first place team, 140.9 to Bill Swirsky's super fans, fifth place team, 114.7 so 114.7 is okay but i lost by 25 so it doesn't matter um i had a the best game of the season in an excellent season for lamar jackson got 37 points out of my quarterback and i that was the thursday night game so i was doing awesome after one night and then uh didn't do as well after that you're going to lose about 100 percent of the time if your opponent puts up a buck 40 so yeah you do like a dealer does in vegas when they uh, are leaving the table you show show the hands say well that was fun and walk out and just never think about it again nothing you can do yeah good job casey 28 points out of ezekiel elliott who he got in a trade so that was probably pretty smart and 19 points out of the patriots defense who he got in a trade so that was probably pretty smart uh yeah 140.9 it's tough tough to beat you're going to the championship and you are the current champion so we could have not only our first ever repeat champion we could have a back-to-back champion in our league that would be cuckoo bananas man things are getting nuts things are getting nuts in the other matchup two teams that have already won uh you versus abby a much closer affair i'm sure you were on the edge of your seat during the Monday night game, uh, record-setting performance from Drew Brees, and yet not enough, not enough. And, I know. Uh, if only he had a uh, Lamar Jackson-esque game, got the five touchdowns, would have yeah. won. And literally, my lineup, if I had almost done anything else with my players, I probably would have won. But, you know, you do the best with the information you have. Tip, tip my hat to uh, Babby, played a good game. Nothing nothing ridiculous in her lineup. Not like, oh my god, I can't believe somehow DK Metcalf went off for like four touchdowns. No. No. Just solid uh, game, top to bottom. Yeah. James Winston continues to be 
like the biggest anomaly known to man. Very good. Uh, he's averaging only 20 points per week, but he got 32.7. Uh, so, yeah, final score, Abby, Vance Down by the River, 123.9 to OG Boost Dead by Revenge, 117.7. Uh, so, again, a very respectable score by you. Uh, practically the same respectable score that I got, but a little bit better. Uh, and still not quite enough, but a much closer match. And it was down to the wire on Monday night, which is all you can ask for. Sorry, man. Hey. You know, I've, I've shed my tears for this game, and I don't, I don't want to do it anymore. I told myself I wasn't going to cry, <laughs> and I'm not going to. Okay, well, I'm glad that you are over it, and uh, that was all that we have to talk about it that week, because, uh, you know, after a certain portion of this podcast, we will talk about the championship game and the third place game, because there are only two games that matter for week 16, uh, but first, what time is it? Game time. Uh, this hot that podcast halftime. That's right. Did you miss it? Did you miss it? I missed every second of it. Yeah. Especially uh, the way that the music startles me every time. Yeah. It's hard to tell how much is uh, pretend and how much is real, but uh, I'm glad that it's at least a little real. Oh, for sure, for sure real the first couple times. Yeah. We're 40 seconds into the song. (laughs) We're still going. This is starting to sound like the rave scene in Blade. Yeah. Gonna kill some vampire. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, So, it is the middle, late December. So, that can mean only one thing. No, not Christmas. What are we going to talk about, Nick? We're going to talk about what I think is a topic that is at the heart and core of this league, and that is movies, specifically the Golden Globe Awards. Bwakasha! There we go. We're going to do it. We're going to talk about movies. We're going to talk about the nominees in some awards, because, man, the Golden Globes, turns out, have a lot of categories. Uh, yeah, we should make a couple of uninformed predictions with some kind of consequence for the winner, and then, uh, maybe talk about who we think is the, might be nominated for the Academy Awards for Best Picture. Okay? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, sir. So, uh, as mentioned, here's, here's the, all of the categories. I'll say them very quickly because there's a thousand and you'll see why we're only going to talk about some of them. Best picture drama, best picture, best actress in the drama, best actor in the drama, best musical or comedy, best actress in the musical or comedy, best actor in the musical or comedy, best animated picture, best motion picture, foreign language, best actress in supporting role in any motion picture, best actor in supporting role in any motion picture, best director in any motion picture, best screenplay motion picture, best original score, motion picture, best original song, motion score, uh, best television series drama, best performance in actress in television series drama, best performance by an actor in television series drama, best television musical or comedy, best performance by an actress in musical comedy, best performance in an actor in television series musical comedy, best television limited or motion picture made for television, best performance by an actress in a limited series or motion picture made for television, best actor by an actor performance by an actor in a limited series motion picture made for television, best performance in an actress in supporting role in a series limited or motion picture made for television, best actor in supporting role in a series limited or motion picture made for television. And that's it. That's all of the categories, and that's a lot of them. It's crazy that they have a perform. They have the supporting roles for TV miniseries, but they only have supporting roles for all of movies combined. Yeah, <laughs> they really want to try to 
not many as many people as they can just so they can hang out with famous people yeah no man that's crazy they have so many categories also they don't they uh, don't televise all those categories do they i think they they might i don't even know anyway so we are only going to talk about some of the big ones because that was a lot is a mouthful to say the least uh so i think let's just let's do the big acting categories and then the tv overall awards and then director and then drama drama and comedy okay okay all right so start off actress in a drama uh for movies that is so as a reminder the uh, nominees are cynthia arrivo in harriet scarlett johansson in marriage story saoirse ronan in little women Charlize theron in bombshell and renee zellweger in judy i personally have seen zero of these movies uh and so i'm very informed to make an excellent prediction how about you i have also seen none of them so that uh, but i have read little women granted i think it was in like third grade you broke up a little bit in the middle there you said none of them and then i heard little women but i oh. I, I could put it together i think and so can the audience we're smart people yeah so it, i'm not even gonna explain it let's just move on so i am going to say uh for some reason I'm going to say Charlize Theron is probably a very fun role. She's a fun actress. She's been nominated for a lot of things before. I will give the one for monster. Yeah. I'm going to give her the uh, nod for drama for bombshell, which I'm guessing is kind of one of those ambiguous drama, comedy, dramedies situations based on the trailers, but we'll see. Um, I'm going to say, go with my prediction of Scarlett Johansson. That's it. Look, Jerome's to uh, the workers already won stuff. So is Charlize. So I think this is going to be one of those like make goods. Like, hey, you've had a nice career, and I hear a lot of good things about this marriage story movie. I refuse to watch it because it sounds horribly depressing about a couple getting divorced. But I hear good things. It does sound terribly depressing. It's true. All right, now we'll do actor in a motion picture drama, and the nominees are. Christian Bale, Ford versus Ferrari, Antonio Banderas, Pain and Glory, Adam Driver, Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix, Joker, and Jonathan Price, The Two Popes. What is The Two Popes again? Oh, yes, the fake conversation between those two popes. I don't know anything right. about the movie besides the premise. Yep, don't know much about it either, but I will say it's probably a Jonathan Price kind of year. Christian Bale's won at least two Golden Globes, and he got it last year from Vice. They're not going to give it to Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. They just won't. And so then after that, thinking like, all right, who's who's going to who needs like a lifetime achievement award? It seems like a Jonathan Price kind of year. I'm going to go not lifetime achievement award and I'm going to go Adam Driver for the probably the same reason that you went with Scarlett Johansson for actress. It's just supposed to be a good, super dramatic movie. uh, And he is good at that sort of thing. So I am going to guess that he's going to win. Okay. We have now Best Actor in a Motion Picture Musical or Comedy, and the nominees are Daniel Craig in Knives Out, Roman Griffin Davis in Jojo Rabbit, Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Taron Egerton in Rocketman, and Eddie Murphy in Dolomite Is My Name. Ooh, okay. How many of these have you seen? Just Knives Out. Okay. Uh, it's here. Dolomite's good. I'm familiar with the premise of Jojo Rabbit, and I think just based on that, they they can't. They're not going to give it many awards. Maybe they'll give uh, Taika Waititi like a writing award, but is, I don't think it's going to give again? any. 
this is a uh, Nazi youth who That's grows right. up, who has an imaginary Hitler friend played by Taika Waititi, and like trials and tribulations. Gotcha. Yeah. So the premise right there is batshit crazy. So I just don't think they're going to give it too much love, especially for the acting. But what's I, the, what's what the I name? The name is not like my in, pretend Hitler or anything like that. I don't understand Jojo Rabbit. That's a good question. I never thought to look that up or figure out why, even though I've known about this movie coming out for like a year because it seemed like such a, like I said, batshit crazy premise for a movie. So I, but I do not know. Hmm. Weird. Hmm. Uh, who you got? Uh, oh, Taron Edgerton. For sure. It's going to be him. Me too. I have him just because, man, people like a musical biopic, don't they? They don't really like do. They... Now, I, I say if there's a dark horse, it's Eddie Murphy that he gets his Lifetime Achievement Award, and everyone's like, oh, my God, Eddie Murphy's back, and Dolomite was pretty good. Uh, he's pretty good in it, too, but he's not, like, over the top, where he's not, like, such a unique character, because he's not, you know, it's not like a huge transformation thing, whereas Taron Edgerton did a whole transformation, even had to thin out his hair, so he looked like he was balding. So I think they're going to give it to him. All right. There you go. Let's do a TV drama. Just the okay. best show that is not actor and actress. So best television series drama, the nominees are Big Little Lies, The Crown, Killing Eve, The Morning Show, and Succession. So we got two HBOs, one Netflix, one BBC, and one Apple TV+. Plus. Right. Have you seen any of these shows? I have seen both seasons of Big Little Lies... I have seen the first season of Killing Eve, but not the second season, and I have not seen The Crown or The Morning Show or Succession. But I hear Succession is good. I've heard that as well. Um, from what I understand, Big Little Lies season two was a little uneven compared to the first. I would say that is accurate, in my opinion. Okay. So then they probably won't give it to Big Little Lies, because if you're not as good as the previous year, I, I think they just can't give it to you. Like, they're not going to reward a, a downtick in performance. Yeah, probably. So then you've got the four left. Um, Morning Show is fine, but I don't love it. I think it's, just, it's close to being good. And they're trying to do a real... Um, almost like a House of Cards kind of thing with multiple storylines going and power plays and things like that. But I just don't think it works well. It should be. I'm going to say Killing Eat, I think, because Phoebe Waller-Bridge is kind of in a, like a rough swell right now. And people are, she's just in the, the cultural consciousness right now. The zeitgeist, they want to give it, if you will. The zeitgeist, if you will. The so I think Killing Eve takes it just because people like her and touches it automatically good. Which I'm not saying women's work, but I think that they're this will assume that's good, even if it's not quite as good as it, uh, some of the other shows. All right, I without much information say The Crown. So there you go. People like The Crown, and it's, okay. it's pretty. It is very pretty, and this is the new of their two-year swing, because they always replace the cast after two seasons. I so, didn't even is, know that much. Is, so there you go. Yeah, because yeah, it's a Lifetime show, and so I guess you can't really... It's on Lifetime? don't have to ugly... No, ha, sorry. Ha, it's a, ha, <laughs> jokes. Lifetime is a so channel. So it's a show of the... Yes. It's a show that you know depicts the, like multiple uh, decades in people's lives, so... It makes sense to replace the cast, but why they do for like two years swings, I don't know. Uh, seems like a totally legitimate choice to make. I just haven't seen it. <laughs> now, TV series, musical or comedy, and the nominees are Barry, Fleabag, The Kaminsky Method, 
The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and The Politician. I have seen Barry and Fleabag and The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I have not seen The Kaminsky Method or The Politician. I have, I definitely can't even recall having heard of The Politician. This is the first time I'm seeing it. Yeah. I have no idea what it is. So it's probably good. Yeah, it's a good sign. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look up The Politician. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Okay. Funny story, I've seen the show. <laughs> so it was very memorable. <laughs> That's how good it was. It's um, it's like a, a high schooler who's running for class president because he also wants to get into like Harvard. He's the very type A personality who wants to plan out everything. So it's, so it's politician, a, colon, the Pete Buttigieg story. Pretty much, yes. Okay. So, so then he's... There's just a lot of like backstabbing and trying to navigate politics of the. It's funny. It's it is a funny show. So it's intentionally absurd, but it's not. It's not like slapstick, but it's just a bunch of a. Uh, um, a bunch of highly. Stylized situations and like they're all. It's a rich preppy boarding school, and so Gwyneth Paltrow is the like hippie mom, and there's a lot of, backstabbing between the main characters and like one might be gay. It's a, this is whole it thing. like that, election meets Rushmore. Yeah. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty apt. I would say that's a good comparison. All right. Well, that it's, sounds cool. If it, if it is, is maybe I'll watch it. Maybe this sounds fun. I've not seen it and forgotten about it. However. Yeah. So uh, that's a good, that's a good moment for, by me. Yeah. Like, oh, I've watched this entire series. Whoops. I will say Fleabag for the same reason that you said killing Eve earlier. Okay, that's that's fair. Um, God. And you can say the same thing as me if you want. You don't have to go no, against I, me every time. I mean, Barry and Marvelous Maisel tend to just win everything. So I think I want to go with Maisel just because, but I haven't seen the third season, so I, I really shouldn't judge. And just to be clear for my own sake, if it's nominated right now, this would be for the second season of Marvelous Maisel, right? I, because the well, third season just came out. No, I don't think so, only because I remember being surprised last year that oh, maybe like they kept winning stuff, and I was like, who the heck are these people? So I think this is the third time they've been nominated. Oh, okay. So I presume it's the third season. But That's I crazy that they were that. early enough to get uh, nominated. Yeah. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know what the system is. Like in the Oscars, you have to be released within the calendar year, but I don't know if that applies for Gold Globes, if they have a, a slightly different time period. Word... Uh, before so the big three remain in my formulation. That would be best director and then drama and comedy. So, best director, motion picture. We've got Bong Joon Ho for Parasite, Sam Mendes for Nineteen Seventeen, Todd Phillips for Joker, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, and Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, yeah, that's a stacked category, I would say. I literally haven't seen any of these movies. I have seen Parasite and Joker, and I probably am going to guess that Parasite and 1917... Actually, four or five of these will probably be Best Picture nominees, I think. Uh, so good to hold off, potentially, for yes. the purposes of watching them. Right. Um, I'd say, look, and knowing nothing about... Well, knowing as much as I can possibly know about these movies... Um, I think we Tarantino. I think he finally gets his directing awards this year because he only has Oscars for writing at this point. So I think it's, I think this is his year, even though we're talking Globes and not uh, the Oscars. Sure. 
I will say Sam Mendes just because I know that a large <clears throat> chunk, if not all, of 1917 is like a pretend no cuts uh, thing. And so I think people are going to give that editing, uh, give him some credit for that because it probably oh. is difficult to direct. Oh, so it's like Birdman or yeah. yep. whatever that other one was the other the next year? Revenant was the one by that. Yeah, same. that's yeah. the one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's, it's like that, that style. but World War One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, people are suckers for that kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Ugh. Okay. Well, I'm not changing my opinion, but you do bring up a good point. Thank you. I try. Yeah. Now we've got, uh, let's get most of the overlap here. Best motion picture drama, Irishman, Marriage Story, 1917, Joker, and The Two Popes. Three of those five are Netflix. Crazy. Wow. That's yeah. a good point. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to, I know that you haven't seen Joker and you, uh, don't want any spoilers. So I'm not going to say anything about the Joker. I'm just going to say, ugh. (laughs) Not a fan? No, I did not like it. Okay. I'm sad that it's nominated for so many things. Anyway. Did you just find yourself becoming more of an intel? Yep, just throughout the movie itself just turned me into just a crazy, violent incel. Mm -hmm. I hope that your uh, username online has become something very, very um, derogatory. And heavy-handed, just very obvious and on the nose. Just, uh, I hate women. Jokes on women. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's the Joker. Anyway. Very clever. I'm not going to say Joker wins anything, personally. I'm going to say The Irishman for movie drama just because people like Scorsese. Uh, that was going to be partly my logic. I think it's either Irishman or Marriage Story. Um, probably Irishman just because the feats of getting all those guys back and digitally de-aging them. And since there are a bunch that are nominated. So uh, I'll agree with you on that. Irishman. All right. And last but not least, best motion picture, musical, or comedy, Dolomite is my name, Jojo Rabbit, Knives Out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Rocket Man. Some crowd pleasers in the bunch. I kind of refuse to believe that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a musical or comedy. They they do that every year. They pull those weird ones. Like uh, The Martian was in musical or comedy, I believe. And there's there's some weird ones. I just, you know, they just go for, if the studio has any say in it, I'm sure that they try to get into the less competitive category i'm sure you're absolutely right it's just unless there's the typical tarantino like classic film score is what they're calling a musical i just i have a hard time believing that's going to be either of those things i'm sure there are funny parts probably i mean tarantino's dialogue is witty and entertaining much like the witty repartee in the martian where he's talking to himself about poop mm-hmm so, uh, I'm going the same logic as before, Rocketman. I just think that's the most classic one in the bunch of musical or comedy. It is I a think musical. We'll reward it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I will, uh, because I think it'll be the most liked of those, I'm going to say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The mis- oh, okay. miscategorized movie, but maybe perceived to be the strongest. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's like you have a varsity player down in JV. Like, you shouldn't be here. There's a reason why you're so much better than everyone else. Yeah. Got it. All right. So we've 
made all our predictions and disagreed on almost all of them. So someone will probably be more correct than the other. What should we do for uh, this bet, you think, sir? Uh, you bring up a good question, and I have no strong ideas. What about yourself? Mm, um, you mentioned uh, popcorn at the marathon, and I mentioned that that's $100. But I was joking. I was joking. Oh, You're how about this? I got it. I got it. Mm. Bring fancy donuts to the marathon. Oh, okay. That, so it my... is a fixed cost. And it's slightly illicit, and uh, everyone benefits. You know, my only other suggestion would be uh, loser has to show up in costume of winners choosing to the marathon. Oh, that man. That can be mean if, yeah, that that can be mean be a if long there's five day. movies. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you have to dress as the a... Joker for a 12-hour oh, marathon. The entire time? Yeah. Yeah, no. that's bad. Too much, too much. Too far. Okay. Hey, I think you could do a convincing Adam Driver in marriage story i don't even know i just look really upset i guess i don't even know much Ugh. i think it's just is anybody even sure if it's contemporary it might be like in the 80s i but could dress it, in period clothes sure sure but we'll do donuts okay donuts it is. that's donuts is fun for everybody there we go everybody wins except for the person who pays for the donuts so there you go cool yes. mark Done. it down uh and so i will rattle off i was just looking at the list and looking at um some predicted Best Picture nominees. So I have a list of nine, in my mind, potentially probable Best Picture nominees. I specifically am omitting Joker, even though it's on a lot of lists, because I don't support that decision. Okay. Uh, So I've got The Irishman, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Hollywood, What's About Time in Hollywood, Parasite. I feel like those are strong. Uh, I would say those that you listed are locked with the exception of parasite i i think parasite is gonna be nominated it was and i saw it and it was real good uh then for uh crowd pleasers i've got a beautiful day in the neighborhood okay bombshell mm, i think that's they not nom- likely they got vice they got uh you know the, the big short i feel like it's just gonna keep that train rolling uh, okay, so in the contemporary, almost almost simultaneous telling of a uh, story from, you know, let's say modern politics or like world affairs, it's in that vein. Yeah, and it's the same director, right? Is it? I think so. Adam McKay? Yeah, I, I think. I did I think not realize he did that. Yeah. Once I know I he did the first two, obviously, yeah. but I know he did Bob Shell. Oh, nope. It's Jay Roach. Jay Roach is the director. What else did he do? Uh, he did, I'm pretty sure Austin Powers, among other things, but, (laughs) okay. Uh, was not expecting that answer. Austin Powers, Austin Powers 2, Mystery Alaska, Meet the Parents, Austin Powers 3, Meet the Fockers, uh, The Campaign, Trumbo. Trumbo, so he's getting, so he's getting himself into some more, uh, the, uh, comedy business and trying to get himself into more serious stuff. Okay. So, yeah, mostly Austin Powers and Fockers movies. Uh, and then he did the American version of Dinner for Schmucks in 2010. He did The Campaign in 2012, Trumbo, and Bombshell. So I'd like to point out this is the second week in a row, that at least I've been on, that we've discussed the wondrousness joys of Austin Powers. Yeah, and also I pulled, I knew, Jay, I was like, oh, Jay Roach, that's definitely Austin Powers guy. So, ha, there you go. Yeah, Pulled that you. Anyway. But anyway... 
so yeah, totally not Adam McKay. I was confused. However, same vein, I think. Like a, a comedic, stylish telling of contemporary news that's like controversial. Uh, and so I think it has a chance in that vein. And then uh, a movie that I don't know anything about because I think it's supposed to be super good and everyone says it's super good, but they say to know nothing about it going into it. So I have taken that advice. So I literally know nothing about it. But uh, Waves, the movie Waves. I'm just putting that as number what? nine on my list. Mm-hmm. I know nothing. I know nothing that. as well because I was told to know nothing. Okay. You don't think uh, Knives Out going to get nominated? I don't think so. I think it's super fun and good, um, but I don't think it's going to get nominated personally. I think Knives Out is one of those movies where it's like the Dark Knight that they'll want to throw it in there just to be like, no, see, we can do normal poppy stuff. We don't. It's not all just period pieces and serious dramas. Yeah, I, I that is like a movie like Knives Out is why they expanded the field, but. Once they expanded the field, they just started nominating more Oscar type movies instead. They really of did nominating yeah, more yeah. Knives Out or Dark Knight. Except type for movies. you get like Black Panther, but that's the anomaly. Yeah, uh, and I I considered Us as well because I liked that, and obviously uh, Get Out um, was nominated. But got got the pedigree. Mm-hmm. Um, you said Rocket Man as a lock. I did not. I did not list Rocket Man. Okay, well then I think Rocket Man is definitely getting nominated. All right. I, you, I think, don't make, you don't make a biopic about a famous pop star and not have it get nominated. Yeah. And I, I admit, like, Ford versus Ferrari is a stretch, but it just seems like the sort of, like, bland, like, family drama, like, you know, family-friendly drama movie that people like. Uh, I don't I don't personally have any feelings about that movie, but I was like, that's the sort of so-so pick that would happen. Uh, so I'd be, be the, fine dumping be like a, that. like a solid eight seed. Yeah. But whatever. But you're like, all right, yeah, we have to fill out this bracket. So, so Hofstra, you're in. <laughs> there you go. Hey, my sister went to Hofstra. Did you know that? I did not know yeah. that. That was a random poll. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so that uh, that is our movie chat. I look forward to seeing the Golden Globes and what happens with it. And I look forward to seeing the nominees eventually. Uh, we didn't prepare this, but uh, since, since it is... One week until Christmas. Uh, what are your plans for the holidays, Nick? Uh, same old, same old. I'll end up going to the in-laws, and we'll hang out there in our pajamas, which I'm not sure if you know this, but we have the same pajamas as you. There you go. I know you knew that. Does, I know you knew that. Do, do all the in-laws also have the matching pajamas? Or they do not. The immediate but, family? But, but I'll say in Colin's fashion, if one person gets something in the family that the other people like, the other people immediately go out and buy the same thing. So I would not doubt if this year, when the, they didn't have matching pajamas last year, they probably liked it and went out and got matching pajamas for them. That'd be fun. Yeah. It's like, honestly, it's May, like, example, May got me an Apple Watch, and then within like two months, the entire family had Apple Watches. Nice. It's just, it's one of those things. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, cool. Yeah. I will also what, be what with about the, the in-laws. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. My my parents are still in Virginia and they're not coming out uh right now. We're going to go to Virginia after the New Year's actually. So like the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th uh will be in Virginia. Got it. But uh yeah, so hanging out with Jen's family in matching jammies including the in-laws, including oh, Kyle nice. and okay. Pam and Dave, everybody. Everybody's in on the game. Uh are you going to see Star Wars? I am planning on seeing Star Wars on Saturday actually. There you go. I've heard mixed reviews so far. Yeah, I have not heard good things. I I think this is 
I don't see why this is the case. I'm not deliberately trying to have a hot take here. But I'm going to tell you, I did not like The Force Awakens that much because it's the exact same movie as A New Hope. And I liked The Last Jedi better because it actually was a little bit interesting and and took uh, a couple of different twists that I did not expect. I I respect the fact that they tried to do something different with Last Jedi. I still have... I liked it overall, but I have a few qualms with it. And they were only exacerbated when I was talking to my friend Nathan, who is, in fact, I'm going to go see um, Rise of Skywalker with on Saturday. He's like, just broke down like five different things. I'm like, yeah, I didn't need that. That part kind of sucked. Yeah, that was stupid. Why would you do that? I'm like, oh, man. No, I don't like this movie as much. Yeah, there are definitely problems. Obviously, a lot of the backlash on the internet was because of misogynists. And so it's always tough when you have like legitimate gripes with something, but terrible people have terrible gripes with it. Uh, right. And so you, you want to distance yourself from that opinion. Um, so, yeah, there are some problems with it, but I'm, I thought it was more interesting. And I just, I just really was disappointed by The Force Awakens because it was like, an exact parallel to a new hope. And it's like, man, right. come, on. come on guys. Except with the weird, like space monster, uh, horror scene in the middle. Yeah. With the dudes from the raid. Yeah. Those guys are great. Yeah. Um, one of the podcasts I listen to, uh, when they talk about movies, they give it the rating of either best movie ever or worst movie ever, just because there is no gray zone on the internet. Yeah. You either have to absolutely love everything about a movie or you absolutely hate every single thing about a movie. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty apt. Yeah, that's pretty much the way the world works right now. Yeah. Uh, it, it is standing and canceling culture only. Yes. Uh, yes. Cool. Well, another movie that just came out that I'm excited about is Jumanji. I'm seeing that this weekend, not Star Wars. Psh, Star Wars. Oh, you're, you're zigging instead of zagging. Yeah, man. Okay. You loved yourself some Jumanji the first it one, if I remember so correctly. It was so good. It was so funny. Okay. I've been meaning to – we thought about this because um, I think it was WhatsApped out. That there was one particular joke that you laughed your ass off. Apparently, yes, sir, I did. I what part of that move of Tumanji, Tumanji, Tumanji was <laughs> the joke that you laughed very hard? The about? one that I was like crying a little bit was when he ate the cake and exploded in the marketplace. I uh, so because it was it was it already was set up so well earlier in the movie they talk about weaknesses and strengths you know and they have and like yeah. obviously the rock is like the greek god who is like uh impervious mm-hmm. and amazing and uh then the what's the name of the character who is the uh i couldn't tell you anything. anyway uh and he he is terrible <laughs> strength a uh, weakness was strength uh, and cake was another one and he's yeah. like, Oh, what? And so then he, they go to the marketplace and he accidentally <laughs> eats a little bit of cake and, uh, then he explodes <laughs> and dies. And it was very unexpected and funny to me, obviously. And, and when he came back to life, he's like, I thought when they said weakness, they meant I liked it a lot. <laughs> I didn't think I would explode. And it was so funny. And I died. Yeah. Wasn't it? Cause that's the like pretentious woman character being played by Jack Black and, didn't she say something along the lines of, I haven't had a carb in like 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know this was cake or something. Yep. Yep. That did happen. So anyway, that part is part of died out. I obviously there's potential for the second movie to be way worse than the first one. Right. Um, however, uh, what gives me a little bit of hope is they have movie posters all over 
like Chicago and I saw one that you know so they have the same main characters within the game as the first movie but then in the real yep. world they have uh Danny DeVito and Danny Glover and so they obviously have to have more like in-game characters because they have the same teenagers and then they also added two old dudes that are going to be inside the game so they need more characters for these people to have it and the movie I posters think, go ahead well one of them is a- Whoever the Rock is, the character who is the the real world character who became the Rock, I think the plot is he went back into the game. Yep. And it's like was trying to live there, so like yep. that's one open spot then, right? Because he's not currently the Rock. Well, they have to be in a character when they're in the game. Just like the Jonas <clears throat> right. brother was the pilot when he was in the game for decades or whatever. Yeah. I don't think he could just go into the game and not inhabit somebody, so I don't think it's necessarily free. Anyway, the movie posters have the main characters and a horse. And so I think one of the funny comedic actors or actresses in the movie is inside the body of a horse. And that gives me hope that this movie will be funny. <laughs> okay. I didn't notice that. I didn't think about that, but that, okay. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Now, do you think this is a talking horse situation? I Either way is going to be very funny to me. If the horse talks, that could be funny. And if the horse cannot communicate with them, but they know that their friend is inside of it, that would also be very funny to me. Either way. That would be funny. And then just maybe occasionally you can hear like an internal monologue of the horse. Yeah. Going like, ah, oh, these idiots. I have to stamp my answers out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I hope that is very funny. The horse gives me hope. Come on, Jumanji, the next level. We'll see. Also, Aquafina's in it. She was in the first one. I like Aquafina. What is her deal? Is she just an actress? And a rapper. Okay. There's a reason why she has a funny name. Yep. Okay. But it's like comedic rap. Oh, so it's like it's like a tenacious D kind of thing. It's not purely comedy. It's like uh, it's like Lonely Island. A little more serious than Lonely Island. It's like Lil Dicky. Nope. <laughs> Reference lost on me. Nope. You should check out Lil Dicky. It's pretty funny. <laughs> okay, I'll check out L I L space D I C K Y. Um, he's he's a comedic rapper, but he takes his craft very seriously. But the subject matter of his rap is uh, somewhat humorous. Anyway, I look, I look forward to looking up little Dicky on my work computer. Yep. And then having like IT come shut me down. Yep. Anyway, uh, so it is the holidays. Movie stuff is happening. We're gonna see some movies. Life is good. Happy holidays. Movie stuff. Movie stuff. Yay! Movie stuff. That's right. That was. Podcast halftime. What we should do? Just start editing in random, uh, like Chris Nolan horns. Yeah. Like every time you want to punctuate something or you need an edit point, just. That way it's a signal to the audience, like, oh, we, this is either important or we totally screwed something up and need to fix it. And just not, not adjust the levels at all, so it's like 10 times louder than everything else oh, yeah, in the yeah. podcast. If you're oh, falling yeah. asleep want... listening to the podcast, good luck. You are waking up. <laughs> Do you have a long, boring work day and you find yourself nodding off? I, uh, I was listening to some other podcasts or something. Anyway, somebody had a thing where they had a quiz and they had... 
correct. They had wrong answer sounds, but the wrong answer sound they had was even better than the wrong answer sound I have, which as a reminder is, uh, they had the sound when you get a thing wrong in Price is Right. It was like, I was like, man, I should do that for the wrong answers. That's pretty good. You're, you're uh, correcting uh, wrong answer sound effects are just Zelda, right? Yeah, both of them are Zelda. Like one's getting an item, and then the other one is. It's actually just it it, it's just the pause button, I think, but it just sounds a little bit of a downer. Well, because it's going, literally going down lower notes. Yeah. Do do do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Anyway, so I might switch that up and do the prices right wrong answer thing in the future, just so you know. <laughs> Be on the lookout for that. Yeah. So we'll have Christopher Nolan. Crazy loud noises and uh, prices right sounds in the future. So, so next week when we have very little talk about it, it'll just be a lot of like morning drives to sound effects. Exactly, and and right now, um, the way I'm doing all the sound stuff is I just have a multi-track um, template in Audacity, and so I'm putting things on solo. And it's going to get real ungainly when I have like 15 songs and 20 sound effects. <laughs> I need to make my own soundboard somehow in the future. But anyway, so. Uh, we've got to talk about championship week, my friend, a championship, championship. Week that we are for the, sadly for the chip. not a part of directly No. So let's talk about our dumb game first. Yep. Uh, it's you versus me for third place. Uh, of course, third place would be my best finish ever in this league. So I can't, uh, denigrate it too much. Uh, right now you have an incomplete lineup with Josh Jacobs in your starting running back position. Uh, and as a result of that, I am favored by nine points, 97.4 to 88.5. But obviously you can fix that very easily. Let's say you put, uh, done and done Le'Veon Bell for 10 points or yeah, that'd probably be the right answer. I just saved my changes. DeAndre so Washington in, for only four. I put, in, hmm. I put in Tariq Cohen and Le'Veon Bell. All right. So let me refresh and see the new projection where I'm probably not winning. It's me by 2.3. Okay, so pretty much a toss-up. Yep. Kind of shocking with only two points difference between us. It goes all the way up to 52% for your win probability. That's much higher than I would have expected considering that it anchors it at 50%, and this is only a two-point spread. But anyway, Mm. uh, yeah, so it thinks you're going to win. It's pretty even. Let me tell you, Alvin Kamara continues to be disappointing for me. Uh, They keep saying he's going to be okay at football, and he keeps being not great at football, but whatever. They should never have gotten rid of um, that guy who's now the running back for the Ravens, whatever his name is, because I can't remember the top of my head, even though he used to be in New Orleans and he has a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, Mark Ingram. Yep, there it is. Yeah, they should never get rid of him. Take a lot of the workload off, and you had to respect the power run game. But I digress. Yeah. You know who also was bad was USC Trojan Juju and the Schuster. <sighs> Just a, it's a disappointing. Disappointing. So, uh, yeah, I, I I, mean, we can't – are we going to – I bet I bet on myself and you bet on yourself. Is that what's going to happen here? Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, so ooh, let's call that, that is the push. Yep. Uh, and then in the championship, as you're well aware, we've got Casey Johnson, number one, versus Abby Saul, number two. 
that's pretty exciting. And current projections, Casey favored by six points, 107.4 to 101.1. Obviously, Which is, yeah. that's a high projection, too. Which, you know, you'd expect the best teams in the league to uh, have a high projection. And also, good, I didn't say point. mention this earlier, but good job all four of us in the semifinals. I had the lowest score at like 114.7 or something. Like, we all right. did pretty well when we were in the semifinals, so... You know, it made me feel less bad about squeaking into the playoffs. Uh, that we we sh- practically looked like we belonged to be there, all four of us, even though some did better than others. So, uh, yeah. Well said. I man, Casey's team. When you look at it, is pretty good, huh? Pretty, yeah, pretty, well. pretty good. His his weakness is probably Kyler Murray, who he got in the trade for me. Because uh, he traded away to the top two quarterbacks, pretty much, uh, but everybody else is super good. So, I'm wondering how Zeke Elliott's going to do because there's some rumors about Dak Prescott being out with uh, some shoulder stiffness, and that could mean that they're just going to sit on him, uh, stacking a box. So he might have a little bit of a, a rough game, but who knows? He'll probably still get in the end zone twice. Yeah, and Patriots versus Buffalo for your championship week. That seems. Kind of nice. Well, Buffalo's a good team. I know. They're good this year. but They don't put up a whole lot of points, but that's yeah, a good team. Yeah. And the Patriots' D has not been as effective lately, but they probably still have good fantasy defense. They got 19 points last week against me. Oh, but they, they had a bunch of special teams. That's just why. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jameis Winston and Christian McCaffrey are super strong to have in your team. But Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, Devontae Adams, and Travis Kelsey and the Patriots defense are very strong to have on your team on the other side. Uh, It is accurately close, I think, but I will give the edge to Casey, which would mean we have a back-to-back repeat winner from someone who had historically been the lowest-scoring team manager in league history now going to potential back-to-back championships. Sometimes you finally get it together. Um, important question that I want to do this and it'll bridge the halftime to the post halftime. I don't know what we call these third segments. Um, better body, DK Metcalf or Camille Nanjani? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know how tall Kumail is, but he's obviously a, sm- he just by process of elimination, he must be smaller physically than DK Metcalf, even though he is now super jacked. Um, so I'm going to have to give just based on mass itself, I'm going to give DK Metcalf the edge, but, uh, Kumail is shockingly giving him a run for his money. Uh, those pictures lit the internet on fire. Right. Cause it's very shocking. It's, um, it's, they would be in different categories. I have happened to have watched a bodybuilding documentary or two, and they've now separated these, the guys into like the super massive, there's like physique and then like some other third category where like they don't even train legs because they wear board shorts. So they would be in two different categories, but I think it's a better comparison than it, than you would think it would be. Yeah. Kumail. I remember, um, we've talked about the show hot ones before mm-hmm. and he was on hot ones over a year ago. And he said in response to some questions, like all I want to do is to get cast in one of these superhero movies and have a reason to get buff. 
And then like a week later, he was announced as being in the internals. And now he's buff. Yeah. Wow. Really worked out for him. Congratulations, yeah. sir. I'm sure he knew that in the back of his head and he was just like teasing it out there. Yeah. I, that he was he was already cast. It would have been uncanny if he, he did not have inside information. That's true. Yeah. He, he got an offer on Monday. They flew him out to like the announcement at E3, not E3, uh, San Diego Comic-Con or maybe Disney Plus event it is. And he got announced like later that day. Nice. That'd be a world. That'd be a whirlwind. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he is he is super jacked now. Uh, little little creepily veiny. There there's some a little awkwardness about the veininess of his arms. Kind of a Hugh Jackman and Wolverine scenario there. Right. Um, but yes, he is. Which which means that he well he's clearly knew he was going to take those photos, and I'm not sure why he took those photos and released them. Maybe it's an article. Yeah, coming there out have about to him or it has to be attached to an article, I would think. But then the the way you have to do that is you actually have. Not only have to, you have to get jacked, and then you have to like do a specific kind of tapering for like the two, three weeks before, and then super dehydrate yourself for like that day. So you are terribly weak when you're taking that kind of photo. So he must have went to the next level. wasn't content of just being like good looking shirtless. He would have dropped his like water levels down to a ridiculous level to get that kind of vein. I do not. I I, I don't know if he knows about me, Nick. Hmm. I. Uh don't really work out a lot and i don't have a chiseled physique so i'm not really an expert in the realm of uh trying to sculpt my body for uh superhero movies or bodybuilding competitions so apologize for my ignorance but i don't even understand why it's desirable to have super vein like even in a bodybuilding competition i understand the point is to like show the anatomy but like why the veins why not just the muscles the veins don't seem like a bonus. They seem like a detraction. It's uh, I think it's basically the idea that you're super lean, so you have very little fat on you. Yeah. So less fat, the more the veins would pop. That's essentially it. It's kind of icky. Yeah, it's, and it's also just one of those things, I think, that people started seeing it and like, oh, I got I to gotta do that too. That looks cool, even though there's not really a point behind it. Yeah. Yeah, well, anyway... This is what you come to me for. It's for the bodybuilding and physique questions. Yeah. I'm going to be starting my own spinoff podcast. It's just going to be me screaming to a microphone about creatine and whey protein mm-hmm. for about an hour and a half. It's going to come out every Monday. And what's the so, name of this podcast? Go. Uh, Fear the Spear. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So anyway. Should we, put, should we need to put in like with the Chris Nolan horn right before the DK Metcalf Camille and Giant discussion? And just tell people, hey, if you don't care about this, you can skip ahead like four and a half minutes. I could add it in post. That's no problem. <laughs> if you really want to, go for it. All right. Anyway, uh, who do you have in the championship, Nicholas? Mm. Um, I don't like it. I don't want. This is a game that I don't want anyone to win. <laughs> yeah. Um, my friend one time said it best when his two like hated real-life football teams are playing each other. He said, I hope the stadium would burn down and then I would root for the fire. This is kind of this game for me. But uh, let's go with Casey. I mean, projection-wise, looks like he's just way up there. And he does have a very good team. Not to say that Abby does not, but James Wisdom giveth and taketh away. And I think her bench is just, and not a bench, the rest of her players are just not as deep. Christian McCaffrey, though. Gotta watch out for him. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. It turns out he's pretty good at football. Yep. All right. I think that about does it for, uh, oh, yeah, 
we did our week. Yep. That's it. That's that's all our football talk. That's our halftime. That is the show. Good. And now I'm going to get into 15 minutes of proper deadlift technique. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let's go ahead. Just t- turn on the music. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is, first, you got to get your base set correctly. Your what? Your base. Get your base okay. set correctly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Usually we're going to go about a hip width, maybe a little wider, but you don't want to go too wide. Mm-hmm. Look, we could keep going on, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil the content. If you want the rest of these answers, you have to listen to Fear the Spear coming out every Monday. All right, excellent. Well, Nick, thank you for your time and uh, bad luck this week, but uh, happy holidays. Okay, well, you want know same right back at you, bud. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Later.